Hello and welcome to Generation Church of Independence, Kentucky with our pastor, David Mills. Like and follow us on Facebook at Generations Church where we live stream every Sunday morning. Now join in with us as we share in God's Word and we hope you enjoy. Good. As I've said before, um, if you have not had a chance to see this series, uh, it is free uh, online called The Chosen. There's eight episodes. Uh, I keep showing clips from this because I, I, it, it's done really well. There are a lot of uh, movies and shows done by um, people with good intentions that are not done very well. This one is not, it, it is done very well. But we're in the, the middle of our summer series called Miracles. If you've grown up in the church, obviously you know what miracle that we are talking uh, about today. But do I have anybody in here that loves to fish? Got some people that love to fish, love to fish. Um, people, I, I've learned something. Uh, people who love to fish and hunt are some of the best storytellers that I know. And I mean that in the most, the, the, the nicest way possible. You never know whether they're actually telling the truth or not, that they caught a fish this big, or you should have seen the rack on the buck that I killed, it was this big. And then you actually see the pitch, pictures, you're like, wow, man, I was, I was expecting you something totally different than the story that you describe. They're great storytellers. Fishermen are great storytellers. Uh, fortunately, now uh, we, we've grown up in a place where we have our, our cell phones with us and we can snap pictures and we can actually see. Actually, when I came in today, my buddy Owen showed me the catfish that he caught. Right, Owen? Yeah, look. Oh, yeah, look at that. Like, usually you hold a fish like this right in its mouth, right? He had this thing. It was like bear hugging it. It was so big. I think it weighed probably more than he did. That is a great fishing story. I caught a fish almost as big as me. And that's a big fish when you're that tall. I loved it. Fishermen are a great storyteller. And we have a fish story today. Um, I don't really care for fishing. I know a little bit about it. My boys love to fish. We have a little a retention pond that they've stocked full of fish right behind our house, and they'll go down and fish a little bit. But um, I know when to fish. I know when not to fish. Sometimes I know what kind of bait to use, what, what fish, like what bait, why you want to just use worms or lures and all that kind of stuff. I know a little bit. But I don't know enough that I would never tell someone how to fish or what to do because I, because I know just a little bit. Like, like if I went on a fishing trip with fishermen, I would not tell them how to fish. I would want to learn from that. And so we find our story today of Jesus talking with Simon Peter and his fishing buddies. And we're going to pick up our story. But today is two parts. There's two parts of the miracle today. The actual miracle with the fish, which we usually like to focus on, and then there's the miracle of the personal engagement with Jesus and Peter that we're also going to focus on. So if you have your Bibles or your devices, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 today, verses 1, Luke chapter 5, verse 1, verse 1 through 11. And if you don't have your Bibles or your devices today, it'll also be on the screen behind me. But this is the account found in Luke of Jesus calling, the video that we just saw, of, of, of Jesus calling Simon Peter. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed 
in on him to listen to the word of God. He noted two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. There was a lot more uh, into fishing in those days. You had to make sure after you came out to, to get the, the, the nets fixed and washed off and cleaned because your nets were your most important possession. And if you didn't do those, they would deteriorate quickly and it was their livelihood. And so they were washing their nets. And stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So you have to understand, Simon Peter has already encountered Jesus. This is not his first encounter with Jesus. He has already seen some of the miracles that Jesus has performed. He's, he's been in the town where he's been at. And so he knows who Jesus is and what he's proclaiming and what he's preaching. He's even seen some of the things that Jesus has done. And so Peter had enough, Simon Peter had enough uh, respect and had seen what Jesus had doing just to not allow anybody to, to launch out into his boat. He knew, or he, at least he thought he knew who this Jesus person was. And he went out on his boat and, the, and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. You have to realize they were already cleaning their nets. And Jesus says, I know you just got done cleaning your nets, and I know that you haven't caught anything, but I want you to put out your nets. Simon even tells him, Master, we've worked hard all night and didn't catch a single thing. Anybody ever been there? You, you, morning, evening, all day long, and you haven't caught a single thing. But if you say so, meaning Peter's already seen what Jesus has done, but if you say so, I at least respect you enough that... I will let down the nets again. And this time, Scripture says, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that he had caught, as were the others with his son. His partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything. And they followed Jesus. It's going to be a twofold part of the story today. The first part is this. Once again in Scripture, we see a theme of God's unfolding story. Old Testament, New Testament, it's no different. There is a theme. God uses the unlikely. He always does. He always has. And he always will. In the, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and now God usually uses the unlikely. Peter had already been told no. Every Jewish boy that grew up uh, they grew up hoping to follow in the footsteps of a rabbi. And if you didn't have what it took to make it, following the footsteps of a rabbi, they would tell you, and they say at some point, they would say, you know what, this probably isn't really for you. We're not going to pick you. You need to go back to where you came from and go into the family business. Well, Simon's family business was fishing. So that's what he was doing to make a living for his family. You now must go back, take up the family business, because what? You're not good enough. I didn't choose you. 
It was every boy's Jewish dream. It was every family's dream that they would have a son chosen to follow in the footsteps of the rabbi. Simon was not picked. And God ends up building his church through the life of Peter that no one else picked. God always uses the unlikely. The other thing of this engagement with, with Peter is God always uses the broken. When we have a true encounter with the Savior, we realize how broken we really are. Scripture says when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. There have been times where we have encountered or the, uh, the presence of God has encountered us and we have felt shame and undone because of who we are. The fact that Peter gave Jesus his boat to preach and put down the nets one more time tells us there was a respect for Jesus. He had seen Jesus heal the sick. He had seen Jesus drive out the demons. But I believe Peter was amazed that Jesus actually cared about his day-to-day -day activities. You see, Peter didn't really need anything. He wasn't sick. He wasn't full of demons. He didn't necessarily need anything. He had seen Jesus do the, the miraculous, but I think he was amazed that Jesus actually cared about his day-to-day -day activities. And because Jesus cared about Peter and his day-to-day -day activities, guess what? Jesus cares about your day-to-day -day activities today. This is good news for us today as well. God is not only interested in saving us, but he's also interested in your daily life, in my daily life. He's interested in you. And Peter realizes, Simon at the time realizes that he is in the presence of the living God, and he is broken, and he is undone. And Jesus reminds all of us, when you are broken, when you are undone, when you realize who you are in my presence, that's when I can use you. And like Peter, we have a response. You see, he realized who he was. There was the presence. He was in the presence of the almighty living God. He realized he was undone. He was broken. I don't even, I don't even deserve to be in your presence, Jesus. He recognized his sinfulness. He recognized he was broken. And he recognized, you know what? I can't save myself, but I am in the presence of one who can. And we, like Peter, when we come into the presence of the almighty living God, and we recognize that we are not worthy, that we are sinful, that we are undone, and we realize that we can't save ourselves, it's then we must be ready, Scripture says, that's when God can use you, when you realize who you are. And then there is a follow-up step. Peter leaves everything when Jesus says, I, I want you to come and follow me. I know that you've been doing this. I know you thought you weren't good enough because no one else picked you to follow in their footsteps, but I'm ready. I want you to follow me. And because of his brokenness, because of his undoneness, because of his uh, recognition for a need of a Savior, what does Peter do? He says, I will leave everything and I will follow you. See, it's not enough just to know that we're in the presence of the Savior. 
It's not enough just to ask the Savior to come in to forgive us of our sins. Jesus requires more of us. I want you to follow me. God wants to use you. And God wants to use me. And we want to be used by God, but guess what? It's going to cost you something. And we don't like to hear that. But we need to hear that this morning. Following Christ is going to cost you something. Actually, it's going to cost you everything. And we've been brought up in this lie that Jesus wants us to be happy, Jesus wants us to be healthy, and Jesus should give us what we want or what we desire. I recently saw a documentary, actually this week, called The American Gospel. I encourage all of you to watch it. And it basically shines the light on that we have turned the gospel into the American dream. We have turned the gospel of what Jesus wants to do in our life. And we have turned it into the gospel equals the American dream. And guess what? It is sinful. And I, find myself, I found myself watching this and my heart was broken and I was confessing some of my own sins as I was watching it. And I was, I was heartbroken at what some people were saying about what the gospel represents. People that we see on TV, preachers that we idolize. And we have done a horrible job saying this is the gospel because we've interwoven the American dream with the gospel. And we say, if you're going to follow Jesus, it's not going to cost you anything. It's going to cost you everything. I'm getting a little excited. Can you tell this morning? Jesus is not asking you to do something that he has not already done himself. He gave everything he gave his life for you. And it's going to cost us something if we are going to surrender our lives before him. It's going to cost us something if it's important for us to follow him. It's going to cost you something. I don't know what that is in your life. But I guarantee it's probably something that you can't live without or that you think you can't live without or something, or someone that you give higher priority to than your relationship with Christ. We all have those things. And as we continue to grow in our relationship with Christ, things that we didn't think were an issue in our life, God begins to point out, and if we don't surrender, this daily surrender, God, God cannot use us if we are not fully surrendered to what he wants for our life. Do you think Peter was done after he started following Christ, after he said yes to Jesus? Do you think he was done? Scripture tells us that he was far from done. Peter had a long ways to go. And it's actually after Jesus has risen from the dead, Jesus finds Peter where? In the exact same position, on a boat. And Jesus doesn't give up on Peter. Peter, I want you to follow me. I want to build my church upon you. See, it's not a one-time thing. It should be daily. What does that look like for us? Sometimes I think we get comfortable and we buy into this, 
this narrative that if we follow after Christ, everything is going just to be okay. It's not going to be okay if you are a Christ follower. There, were no like, there, there is no doubt that you, there, at some point there will be suffering. There is no doubt at some point you're going to surrender things that are really close and dear to you. And I guess the only way that I know to share what that looks like is share some of the, from my own perspective. And I, I thought of two today. And one, one's probably going to seem very trivial to you and probably silly. Maybe stupid. I don't know. And probably the other one not so trivial. One of them happened to me this week. I've been thinking about it for several weeks, probably a month or two. And this probably sounds silly, but you know what? I felt like God wanted me to do it so I could continue to grow in my relationship with him. You know what it was? I gave up Facebook this week for good, forever, for eternity. I'm done. I'm done. Because I found myself reading more of what other people were saying. I find myself spending more time on a social media platform than I was in the Word. More worried about what other people are saying than what Christ was saying to me. And Jesus says, you need to get rid of that. I don't like who you become when you're so ingrained into this. And I find out I like people a lot better when I'm not on it. That seems trivial probably to most of you. But for me, I felt Jesus saying, I need you to surrender that to me and get rid of it. It is becoming an issue in our relationship. And so I did. And I haven't missed it at all. You know why? Because Jesus is so much better than Facebook. You know what I do when I'm tempted? Oh, I wonder what everybody's doing. I go back to the word. I want to read the word. That's how I spend my time. The time that I, I know some, we, some of us spend so much more time on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, news sites, whatever it may be. We spend way more time reading that than we do God's word. This is living bread for our souls. And yet we sat our, satisfy ourselves with other cheap imitation junk. So I'm speaking out of conviction today, what God's doing in my own heart. Not, I'm not saying that you've got to do that, but some of us probably need to step back and look and say, where's your focus? Where are you getting your life giving? Like it was just starting to suck the life out of me. Another, another one that I, that I look over the history of my life and following after Christ, that has cost me more than a, a, a social media site because that seems a little bit trivial in the life of following Christ. And on a day like today, I'm reminded on Father's Day that there was a price that I was willing to pay, not even knowing the extent of it way back when, when I answered the call to follow Christ and follow his heart for full-time ministry. I didn't even understand it back then, but I understand it today on Mother's Day, on Father's Day, on all the big celebrations. A lot of you will go and spend time with your families today. I don't get to do that. There are times where I look at 
grandparents showing up at ball games or being able to go out to dinner and celebrating the ones that you love. And when there has not been a time in our lives where Jody and I have, le- that have lived even two to three hours near our parents. It's a cost that I was willing to make because of what the gospel has done in my life. And it doesn't mean that you have to move away from your families, but I've realized it's a cost that I was willing to take. It's not going to be easy sometimes. There are going to be a price that you have to pay sometimes. And today, sometimes it reminds me more than others that I don't get to go have lunch with my dad, although I would love to. But when I follow after Christ, and when I made the decision to follow after Christ, I didn't follow after Christ so I could be happy, so that I could be content, so that I could have everything my way and do everything that pleases me. I did it because what Christ has done in my heart, and I want to do anything that he tells me to do, I want to follow after his heart. And I want to go wherever he tells me to go. I want to do whatever he tells me to do. I'm going to ask the band to come back, and I asked them to do this song at the end because we've already sung it, but it is my heart's cry today. Wherever you lead me, we don't like this next, whatever it costs me, all I want is you. I don't know what that looks like for you in your life. But it's going to cost us something if we are going to follow after the heart of Christ. It might mean some relationships for you. It might mean job situations for you. It might mean some family relationships for you. It might mean something trivial this week, like getting rid of something in your life. It might cost you something that you really like. But if it is keeping you from a relationship and a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, it is not worth it. There is nothing that can satisfy your heart and your soul like Jesus can. And Peter knew it when he was in the presence of Jesus. So our prayer today, my prayer today for all of us is wherever you lead me, God, I want to go. I want to go. My yes still means yes to you. It's already cost me something, God, but I'm I'm willing to do whatever you want, even if it costs me more. I'm willing. Because I've realized in my short 42 years of life that nothing satisfies your heart like Jesus does. Nothing. And yet we fill it with so much other stuff that we think has value. God, we're thankful this morning that you are still calling us. That you still use the unlikely. That you use the broken. 
And so if you can use the unlikely and you can use the broken, that means you can use us because we are, we are broken. And many of us feel like Simon, that we've really never been picked for anything, and yet you pick us today. You can use us. And though it is a simple phrase, it is hard to live out that we will follow you anywhere. There are a million reasons to trust you this morning. If you have been faithful to us to this point, you will be faithful to us till the end. We can trust you this morning with our lives. I pray that we will do that today, that this will be our anthem, that we will follow you anywhere. Thanks for not giving up on us. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for calling us to follow you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
this has become an anthem for my life. Uh, this is, I, I, anytime there are decisions to be made, there's times where I'll just throw this song on when I don't want myself to get in the way. Because it needs to be our prayer. It needs to be our heart. To God, we can trust you. And though it may cost us something, I, I want to follow you anywhere. God, we're thankful that we can trust you today. Because you have brought us this far. I pray that we would not get complacent in our relationship with you. I pray that you would continue to call us to follow you. We know that you do that. It's whether we want to follow you anywhere. I pray that we would do that. I pray that you would remind us today, God, we are probably the, the unlikeliest person that you could use, but that's who you call. That you call the broken, you call the undone, that you want to use us. And the good news is you don't give up on us. You could have given up on Simon Peter, but you didn't. And the world was changed through your spirit, through him, and a few followers. So what can you do in our life? Thanks for continuing to call. May our response be, yes, I'll follow you. Here I am, Lord, send me. And it may not be something big or extravagant. It may just be the small things where we haven't trusted you that we start to trust you. Or maybe it is something big, whatever it may be, God. It is different in all of us. I pray that you would continue to call and that we would respond. It is the gospel that you have died, that you have risen in our behalf, that, that death has no victory over us anymore. And not only are you our savior, you call us to follow you. You have paid it all for us. I pray that we would pay it all for you, that we would follow you anywhere. We give you thanks for who you are. As you leave today, would you mind going quietly? We have some that are praying around our altars. Thanks for being here today. May you follow Christ everywhere this week. You're dismissed. God bless you guys. Have a great week.